Welcome back, Cochrane Bond listeners, episode 77. Again, alongside us, we have uh, Willard Lloyd. Willard, um, how's this campaign actually been going? Yeah, good. Uh, we've been uh, pleasantly surprised with the engagement and responses we have had through our emails. And yeah, I think a lot of people have found uh, some value and really hoping that, yeah, they don't have as many lockdown regrets and yeah, I hope they've taken control of what they can. Yeah, I think it's definitely been, uh, you know, we're, we're starting to see a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel, but I think it's been really good to get this information across to people and um, hopefully they can, you know, take a little bit out of each one of them and start to think about their future and, and an investment plan. So, Tony, today um, we've done a lot of podcasts on this, um, but we're sort of going to have it a bit more directed to the thoughts that people have to have when it comes to sort of making that investment plan and when they're talking to us. Um, and I guess the one to start off with is, setting a timeline so when we sort of set our goals we sort of have to set investment timelines and you know there's the short term we look at one to two years the medium term three to five and then when we're looking at the long term we're sort of five years plus from there yeah absolutely it is um i mean it's i know in the investment life cycle sent out we call it the accumulation stage preparation stage and retirement stage um so it, it is really interesting because i have um, as you know, because I've sent it to you to proofread, but I did do a white paper on there's one stage in there in Australia that is going to be coming to the forefront, um, and that's going to be the intergenerational wealth transfer stage, uh, which we've never seen in Australia before. So over the next 20 years as well, there's going to be a lot of wealth uh, that's being accumulated by the, the current baby boomer generation that's going to the next generation who will be roughly between in that preparation stage between the ages of 35 and 60. Um, yeah, so so that that is something that Australia has never seen before, but it is vitally important that we do set uh, long-term and short-term and medium-term objectives. There has to be a reason. To, to save money and invest, Jamie, there has to be a reason to do it. Yeah, and I think that's when we talk about risk and we've talked about asset allocation before and, and that's sort of when it comes down to that investment plan, that's something we look at. We look at the time frame um, and then the risk that the client wants to take within that, you know, is there a goal that they need to reach in a short period of time and they're willing to take more risk? You know, some people some people do want to get that house deposit and they're willing to take risks and, and are willing to take on that to reach their goals. Yeah, it is, it is interesting. So it's, you know, uh, I think Willard's goal of his deposit on his house is buying after pay shares, and I think he's going to buy a decent house. So it's uh, well done. Uh, more courage than me, Willard. <laughs> I bought a nice house a couple of weeks ago, but. Yeah, so it's uh, <laughs> now he's buying that studio apartment. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's very rarely I say, "Damn it, I wish I listened to Willard." <laughs> so, so, no, he's uh, he's proven us all wrong with his courage. Well done, mate. Um, looking forward, looking is, forward, is, to, looking forward to the housewarming. But it is different in that you know a younger generation is sort of willing to take those and have a punt, not a punt, but you know levels of risk. Where when you're getting older and you're drawing that income, you, you don't want to be seeing big losses. Well, I think risk also comes down to time frame. So, you know, and what I mean by this is you can be, I mean, we had uh, or have a client who uh, two years ago sold a house, downsized um, and needed money to pay for her new house out of the sale. Uh, so in a two-year period and for that two-year period, we couldn't have any risk of capital. So we locked her into a two-year annuity. Got a, you know, compared to today's interest rates, got a damn good interest rate at about 3%. Uh, 
uh, 3.2% locked in for two years uh, because there could be no risk to capital. Now, although she's going to still be alive in the next probably 40 years, you couldn't have any risk. So what we didn't want to happen is just, and she's just settled during COVID-19 now. So if, if you think of what's happened is that if she had invested those funds and maybe had a good 2019, all of that plus more could have been wiped off uh, in a couple of month period just by what happened with the pandemic. So, so on that basis, even though she has a longer term objective, she required those funds in a shorter period of time and couldn't have the capital risk. So we used annuity and that sometimes the same with younger people as well, you know, so um, someone your age, Jamie, you've got the deposit for your house. You're not going to put that on the market for three months, hoping to get a slightly better return when you're putting, uh, well, not, not upon my advice, you wouldn't anyway. Uh, <laughs> so it's um, not by virtue of uh, needing that money in three months time for a deposit on a property. So, so it, the younger generation can still, it doesn't really matter on your age. If you need that cash uh, for, you know, in a shortish period of time, a shortish period can be up to two years and you can't have any of that capital risk, on that basis, you will be more conservative with that portion of your investments. The same goes to the other end of the extreme. So you might have some of the younger younger people in the audience, longer time frames of accumulation, you know, 20, 30, 40 years. Uh, they're happy to have all their money on market at any given time. You got at the other end of the scale, um, doesn't mean all of a sudden they're 65 and want to retire. They still got 30 years of living ahead of them, you know, so statistically, uh, they could have up to 30 years of living ahead of them. They can't run out of money by being too conservative and eating into capital. So not putting their capital at risk by virtue of markets, but putting their capital at risk by actually spending more than what they're earning. Okay, so now on that basis, though, we might have, for example, uh, one year's income or one and a half year's income that they require sitting in a cash management trust earning 0.5%. You might have another two years of income or two and a half years of income sitting in bonds, you know, earning average, say, 3%. And then you've got the rest of the money uh, sitting on market. So they've actually still got that growth because they're not going to have to touch that for, say, three to four years. Then they'll draw down part of that. So it's not an all or nothing approach when it comes to investing. It depends where they're in the cycle. It comes down to your time frame and the goals of what you're using those funds for. Yeah, and we've, we'll send out an article with this as well, Tony, and I think it really highlights in that article, which we won't go through today. We're talking risk in a broad term, but it's good that it actually really drills down into all the different types of risks that we're looking at when setting an investment portfolio. You know, we're talking liquidity, market, interest rate risks, credit risks, you know, there's a lot that goes into it, um, and we've outlined those in that article. But there's also another graph in there that people will see, so do jump into the article, but it's just a great little infographic that sort of talks about, you know, what's lower risk is going to provide lower returns and then what type of investments are higher risk but providing higher terms from there. So, you know, Tony, you do go through a risk tolerance with all every client. Um, there's a questionnaire, but you really drill down in your questions with them um, to understand where they sit in that type of risk. Yeah, it, it is really interesting because the <clears throat> ultimate of what everyone would love is turn deposit risk earning 20%. Uh, <laughs> so, now, obviously, that's uh, never going to happen. Um, we did have, well, you can never say never because um, I still don't remember mortgages at 17% interest rates. Um, and on that basis, you could get a capital guaranteed investment back then 
at 16 or 17 uh, percent. So, but in saying that, though, the the value of your money was being eroded by just trying to pay a mortgage. Now, if you were retired at that stage, having uh, having your capital guaranteed, earning 16 or 17 percent with zero debt, you're laughing. The opposite has now happened, of course. Um, in respect to interest rates nowadays are half a percent. Uh, talk of them even coming down um, again, we're already a record low of 25 basis points, the RBA, and there's still talk of them coming down again to be able to support the budget stimulus coming up uh, next month. So now for a retiree, that is absolutely devastating because if they don't want to take any risk, they're earning no income. The risk is they're going to run out of money. They could have a million dollars and that million dollars is earning them $10,000 a year, but they're taking 50 out to live off. Yeah, they've got no risk to their capital, but they've got huge risk to their capital. But that can be totally uncomfortable for them to be able to put some money in the market because they've never done it. You know, the million dollars might have been as proceeds of a sale of a house and they've never been investors, as an example. So, you know, it, it really it really is scary in saying that, but it still comes down to the management, Jamie. It's yeah. understanding the risk you're taking. So I've always said, and I was taught this by one of my mentors, buying shares is not risky. It's the underlying shares that you buy that carry the risk. Uh, so now in saying that, if you have a look at the top 10 holdings of most, most self-funded retirees who manage their super funds themselves and own 10 shares, guess Thanks. what they are? Banks, Telstra, uh, they might've had some CSL, um, in there, which has been about the only saving grace. All of those have been, uh, these are what the blue chip safe haven, just because someone is classed as a blue chip share, doesn't mean there's no risk to it. So yeah. if the fundamentals are that it's car- that it's carrying too much debt, and there's, there's um, oh, what was the saying? I thought it was a brilliant saying. Um, but at the moment, one of the big issues in the US is um are oh, the walking the companies called the zombie companies and these are companies that at the moment their profit isn't even able to re- afford to pay off the debts that the companies are currently holding um now on that basis people say i have a look at this share you know it's gone from 10 cents to 20 cents i've just doubled my money that's great the company's got no underlying value to it because all it takes is interest rates to rise slightly and all of a sudden that company is exposed and wiped out. So, so once again, you, you can't have a look at, uh, at at the sector in whole. You do have to look at the underlying investments that are actually in there as well. And that's what's so important. So I, I openly say the stock market is not risky. It's what you invest in the market that carries the risk. And if you're looking at it for just six months, you're carrying risk. If you're looking at it for 60 years, <laughs> you know, completely different risk for the same investments. Yeah. Tony, look, I appreciate today. Um, it's a short and sharp one, but, you know, the article's out there with us and we just want to really outline, you know, there's plenty to consider when making an investment plan um, and you need to really consider what you're doing and work through each step. Totally understand. Uh, and thank you for reminding me on a daily basis, Jamie. <laughs> Thanks, Tony. <laughs> Thanks, guys.